I spent the last 10 years teaching corporate America leadership and teamwork. Now, I've left my 9 to 5 job to help as many people as possible become leaders in their work and personal lives. Some say leaders are born, but I say they're built. This podcast is the beginning of my mission to create change on a massive scale. Join me and follow along as we explore leadership, teamwork, and growth together. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is Lead with Impact. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Lead with Impact podcast. My name is Brian Rollo, and this is episode number four. So excited to have you with me here today. I hope you're having a great day and things are going well for you. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about some of the lessons that I learned when I was a repo man, (laughs) some of the hard lessons. There's a million more stories there, believe me, too. Maybe we'll get to those someday. But I wanted to talk to you really about how I put those things into practice and, and some more things I learned about leadership as I went. I was thinking back to something that happened when I was a new manager in retail. A lot of you maybe have worked in retail. Uh, I was managing a staff at one point in time, and I was still sort of, again, I was still sort of new, I was still sort of of a rookie, and I wanted to prove my worth. You know, internally, I wanted to be able to lead people. It was a real desire of mine. And on the outside, I looked like a leader. I wore the clothes like a leader, and I had the title, but I knew really I wasn't. Maybe I was a manager, but I wasn't really a leader because I didn't know how. I felt really uncomfortable. Believe it or not, I felt really uncomfortable giving praise to people. You'd think that'd be easy to say something nice to people. But as a manager, I struggled with it a little. And I think it came down to the fact that by doing that, I thought I was elevating myself above them. So I was hesitant to go and say, hey, even something as simple as you, you did a great job on that. Keep it up. Didn't know how to do it. Not a clue. And if I felt uncomfortable doing that, you best believe I felt really uncomfortable giving any sort of guidance to people on how to improve or things they could do to get better. Again, I just didn't know how to do it. Wanted to, but couldn't. So again, I knew I was a manager, but I wasn't much of a leader. And that's really one of the first times I came to realize that manager and leader are not the same thing at all. Somebody can give you a title of manager, but there is no leader title. That has to be earned through actions. And and that's what I knew I needed to figure out. So I remember one time when it really, really sort of crystallized for me. It's sort of a little thing maybe you think, but I remember it to this day. And I I want to tell you the story of Julie. So Julie was one of the people that I managed. And Julie was a really good employee. She worked hard every day. She was good with customers, had a smile on her face, really smart, just did a great job. Except for one little thing. You see, we had a corporate policy at the time in our company uh, of a dress code, a pretty strict dress code. And Julie was in violation of one little tiny part of the dress code. And that is the part that says you could not have any external piercings other than in your ears. So it was a pretty strict policy, but it meant basically no nose piercings, no lip piercings. Uh, Fairly strict. I know there's some companies even today, I think Disney has a similar policy. So that was corporate policy, and Julie was a great employee, but she had a nose ring. It wasn't huge. It was one of those little, I say ring. It wasn't a ring. It was more like a piercing, you know, one of those little piercings. 
and Julie wore it every day. And customers didn't complain and team her team members didn't complain. And I knew she was in violation, but guess what I did about it? You guessed it. I did nothing. I let it go day after day after day. Now, why did I let it go? Well, A, I was uncomfortable talking to her about it. I didn't know how. B, I didn't want to probably look like a jerk boss. I was afraid if I counseled her on this, I would look like a jerk to her and to the team members and I would lose them. And probably C, there was part of me that wanted to be the quote-unquote cool boss who let things go and sort of kept people at an arm's length and let them do their thing. So I was quite happy to let Julie do her thing day after day after day with this nose ring on until one day I got a phone call the infamous phone call from corporate. And that phone call said, listen, we heard Julie's got a nose ring and she's wearing it every single day. What is happening down there? And to this day, I don't know how they found out whether a customer complained or somebody from corporate came in or a team member complained. I don't know. I don't know how they found out, but they did. And the message was very, very clear. She needs to have that out by the end of the day. In fact, you take her off the floor right now and she's not to go back on until she's got that nose ring out. So now I was stuck. I'd let this go for days and weeks and months without acting on it and I needed to tell her she has to change now. So I hung up that phone. I'm like, what do I do now? And I had zero track record of communicating with Julie about this. So I just knew it was going to be a nightmare. So I called her over. And I told her just sort of what I just told you. I got this phone call. They say you can't go back out on the floor until you take this nose ring out. Nose piercing. I keep saying nose ring. <laughs> nose piercing. But picture however you like. It was really a piercing. You can't go back on the floor until you take this out. And of course, she looked at me really confused because I'm saying this message came down from corporate. But to her, I was corporate. I was her manager. And she was confused as to why, if this was really a problem, that I had not said anything for all this time. So just by my lack of action in that sense, I really disempowered myself because I made it look like I was not part of the real management team or leadership team at all. And she could sort of tell that because I was not on board with the same message. But nonetheless, I had to really lay down the law and get tough and say, listen, you can't go back out there. You got to go home, basically, if you don't take this piercing out right, right, right now. She got upset, but she was a good employee and she wanted to do the right thing. And by the way, you might be thinking, well, Julie's partly to blame for this for this problem. She knew the policy and she wore it every day, the nose piercing every day, which is true, which is true. Uh, partly it is to blame for her, but more is to blame for the manager because the manager let her do it. And by silence, the message was that this is okay. So back to the story, she realizes she's got to take this out. So I remember, I'll never forget this. She went into the back room and five or 10 minutes go by maybe. And of course I'm nervous and I have to call back corporate and tell them she's got it out. So I'm just waiting for her to come out, this, come out of this door, come out of this room. And she comes out and the first thing I notice is she's in tears. Face is all red, eyes are puffy. And uh, I could tell she's been crying. And the second thing not I noticed is she's got a tissue up against her nose because she had left this piercing in for so long that taking it out made her actually bleed. 
So imagine how that made me feel. I got this girl, I'm supposed to send her back out on the floor and she is in tears and literally has, you know, bleeding from her nose. Man, I'll never forget that. And so I sent her back into the back room for a while so she could at least get herself under control. But she ended up coming out and ended up finishing out the rest of the day. But it was not the optimal way to go through this, as you can imagine. And I always wondered for the rest of my career how much Julie sort of held that against me, uh, the fact that that went down and whether I really engaged with her as much as I could have from that point on and how much I lost her. Now, the good news is Julie went on to become a great employee and even a manager herself and a leader herself. So this didn't derail her career uh, at all. But it made me realize that I was not going about things the right way. I realized that as a manager and as a leader, I was being reactive. I was just waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. I was not being proactive at all, and a leader is proactive. So I knew I had to find a better way. So I went back to the drawing board, and I really started to figure out how to best be a leader. And I came up with something that I eventually called the ACE leadership model. ACE. And it's just sort of a simple guideline that I found will get you through a lot of leadership and management problems. And it's really simple, but I, I found simple is best. If you hang out on this podcast, you'll, you'll come to realize, I think, that if you make things overly complicated, you lose people. If you give somebody a 99-point bullet list of what they need to do to be a good leader, probably nothing's going to get done. So make it simple. Isolate the 80% of things that have the most impact and work on those using that Pareto principle. And that's sort of what ACE is. It's talking about the big things, and there's little sub-points to each one of them, but talking about the big things. And I'll go through it really quickly with you right now. So the ACE leadership model, the A stands for accountability. And I always say in any leadership training I do, this is what I start with. Because accountability is the hallmark of a good leader. If there's no accountability, you have trouble. So you, a good leader has to install and build, really build, a culture of accountability. So people know what the important things are, and they know that there's accountability in meeting those standards. And that includes you. First and foremost, you as a manager. The C stands for communication. A great leader has to communicate regularly and about the real things, about the important things. So many leaders, and this is what I was guilty of, we would talk to people, if you would ask me, was I communicating? Yeah, I'd communicate with them all day. The people I worked with, I'd talk about what they did over the weekend, I'd talk about their favorite TV shows, I'd talk about a lot of things, but I wasn't talking about the really important things, uh, the work stuff that needed to be discussed so everybody was on the same page. And E stands for empathy. Empathy is crucial to being a leader. People need to know that you see the world like they do and that you understand their point of view and that they are heard. If you do not have that, the other things will not work. My favorite definition of empathy is to feel someone else's pain. So to be able to look at the world as they see it and see what causes them pain and know what they're going to struggle with. When you talk to them about the big things, what they're going to struggle with, be able to relate with that, but still work them through it. And the thing I like about this model is that 
they all depend on each other. And if you subtract one of these three things, it doesn't work. For instance, if you try to install a culture of accountability without empathy, you're going to lose people eventually. If they feel that you're just a dictator barking orders, that may work in some circumstances, but in most workplace cultures today, that is not going to get optimal results. There has to be some empathy. There has to be a realization that my manager gets me, he understands, and he's going to walk me through where I need to go. On the other hand, if you have empathy without accountability, that's sort of what I had with Julie. I empathize with her. I understand why she wants to have this piercing in, but so I don't install a culture of accountability. And empathy without accountability, I found, is just going to lead to an environment, a culture that does not hit performance goals and is going to disempower you as a manager. So you really have to combine them. And then the magic bullet, of course, is communication. You have to communicate both of these things regularly to people so that they understand them. So in a nutshell, that is the ACE leadership model. And I started to really try to adhere to these principles. But then I found that there were some other things that went into it. For instance, it's easy to say you want to have a culture of accountability, but how do you do that? If you've got zero accountability on Monday, how do you have accountability on Tuesday? Where do you start? How do you build this? And how do you communicate that so people buy in? And what's the proper role of empathy? Again, how much empathy should you feel? How much should you let that guide your actions? So I knew I needed to master these things. And as I started to do that, as I started to work by this model, I started to see a real change in the way that people reacted to me, both those that worked for me and management level I reported to. C-level executives started asking my opinion opinion on things. They started recognizing me as a leader and giving me responsibility within the company, eventually to the point where I was asked to design a course to teach these principles to the whole organization, and especially the leaders, so they could use it with their teams, and really had the chance to make an impact. So I think the ACE model is really the great, greatest way to start as a leader, is master those three things that is 80% of being a leader. If you figure out how to do those three things properly, you are going to go a long ways as a leader. And if you're a leader that's been doing this for a while, there's still probably many times ways you can improve in those three areas. So over the course of this next next few episodes, we're going to talk about those. We'll probably break down an episode for each one and talk about how to, how to use those, how to instill accountability, how to communicate correctly, and the proper role of empathy. So I look forward to talking with you about all of these things, and uh, I know it's going to be great. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some value in this lesson, something you can put into action. If you want to engage with me, you can find me at www.brianrollo.com. That is B-R-I-A-N-R-O-L-L-O.com. Or email me at brian at brianrollo.com. Also can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Be happy to engage with you there. So I look forward to hearing from you. Look forward to talking to you next time. Go out there and have an impact. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.